Welcome to your awakening journey. Today's destinations include higher consciousness and actualized potential. If all ascenders could now please be seated in a comfortable meditative posture, we're about to ascend. You are now arriving at your host, Brian Henry. Welcome, Ascenders, to Awaken, where we dive into some expansive conversations to assist you in your ascension process. My name is Brian Henry. I'm the founder of Together We Ascend and the Ascend Academy, a community of awakened leaders who have come together to ascend together. On Awaken, I have on some of the most interesting teachers in the space of personal and spiritual growth who share with us their experience and their wisdom to help you ascend your consciousness and realize your highest purpose and potential. But this is just the beginning because if you're looking to take things to the next level by coming together with other like-minded and like-hearted individuals in the intention of supporting one another and growing together, well, I invite you to come check us out at the Ascend Academy. As an activated member of the Academy, you'll get access to live sessions in which you'll get to interact with and learn live from many of the teachers that we have on the show. You'll also get access to our growing masterclass library full of content to support you in your process. To give you the chance to try all of this out, we're now offering a free 30-day trial so that you can experience what it's like being a part of the community before deciding if this is in alignment for you. And if you aren't, that's all right too. Know that you can still join us on the Academy's online platform for free to connect with other senders on the journey. So if you're hearing the call to unite and ascend together, you can head on over to academy.togetherweascend.com to activate your free membership trial. And now let's jump into another conversation on Awaken. This one is with seven-time CEO founder, including founder of Oasis Adaptogens, Jeremy Hoffman. In it, Jeremy and I get into a profound conversation in which he shares with us his story of coming out of some rock-bottom states of stress and addiction to transforming his life from the inside out into states of harmony and connection. Jeremy, who's now a successful entrepreneur and an absolute leader in the space of conscious entrepreneurship, shares with us some advice for taking radical responsibility in our lives. He also shares with us a mantra that changed everything for him in this way. And lastly, if you are either an entrepreneur yourself or have at all been intrigued by the idea of becoming one, Jeremy shares with us some advice that I'm sure is going to help many of you on this path and in embodying your unique expression. Ascenders, I'm excited for you to hear this one. This is Awaken with Jeremy Hoffman. Our guest today built his first multi-million dollar company in under 12 months without any experience or university education. He's the CEO and founder of multiple businesses that are creating products, programs, and solutions for helping cultivate states of connection through the physical, emotional, mental, and virtual planes of reality. 
He's the founder and CEO of Oasis Adaptogens, a holistic wellness company that is dedicated to helping the world remember harmony through natural solutions, including their best-selling and award-winning product, Not Coffee. He's the CEO and founder of Connected Community, a Vancouver-based wellness event company that brings together people to connect and be their most authentic self. And he's also the CEO and co-founder of Aligned Earth, a custom solutions ecosystem for world-changing projects, products, and businesses. He's also a self-mastery coach, a facilitator for breathwork, a retreat leader for transformational experiences, and a seven-time CEO founder of companies focused on impact. He sees a future where science, technology, and spirituality meets, one in which our world is healed from states of disconnection, loneliness, stress, and fatigue, and he's building the movements that are helping humanity shift out of these states back into connection and harmony. Jeremy Hoffman, welcome, my man. I'm looking forward to not just having you on the the show and for this epic conversation that I know we're going to have, but just also get to know you, man. Um, it's been on my radar to, to connect with you a little bit for the last few months, and I'm looking forward to doing all of those things at once. Yeah, man, thank you for having me, and thank you for the beautiful intro, and likewise to just be here. We've shared some voice notes and a couple moments here and there, but being able to fully drop in with you has been has been on the list. Yeah. I'm hoping that the uh the intro covered my bases, but I'd still love to hear it from you and in case there's any gaps to fill. Um when I ask this question, I also let my guests know, interpret it however you'd like. Who are you and why are you here? It's so funny that the, the, who am I question, you know, part of the retreat and facilitation that, uh, I, I have led for, for years. It always starts very quickly with diets and diet work. And if you're not familiar with diets work for anyone listening, it's, it's a, the smallest social circle. It's you making eye contact with another individual, you make eye contact with one another. Um, person number one, you know, answers a question that we set like, who am I, or how was your week? And person number two answers that person number one only receives. They don't smile. They don't nod. They don't acknowledge in any way, shape or form. They are just there to make eye contact and to listen and to receive the individual. And my reason for sharing this is once we get people warmed up and the ice is broken and people are connecting to their hearts, uh, I always ask the question, who are you? <laughs> and it's so beautiful to witness 10, 20, 30 people answering the question at the same time, who are they? And some start off and say, yeah, I'm Jeremy. I'm you know, 28 years old. I'm blah, blah, blah. And other people pause and they're like, who, who am I? And some will say, I am energy. Some will say, I am love. Some will say, I am light. Some will just say, I am. And so, um, to not be overly cliche other than the statement that I am, because that is all that I can be as I am. And based on the, I am, I am all things that I have the potential to be, um, which I do fully believe. I am also a young man with a passion to create win-win solutions that truly inspire humanity to remember harmony. And I, the remember part is very important because we're not trying to, we don't need to keep achieving harmony. We mm -hmm. just need to slow down and remember harmony innately with inside of us. What leads you in feeling so confident that 
I um what leads me in feeling so confident that I am when I close my eyes and I breathe, whether I'm in nature, whether I'm in my home, there's an interconnectedness to all things that I experience, that I witness, that I feel. And from this state, there is no separation. There is no, you know, me and, and the water. There's no me and the room. There is, I can feel my energy expand into all time and space all around me. And it leads me to the, the fact or to the fact to me that there is no separation. We are not separate from one another. Sure. We have unique lenses. Brian has his unique lens. I, Jeremy has his unique lens, but ultimately I believe that there is no separation. There is no division. We are interconnected in ways that we are just only beginning and that I am intrinsically interconnected to all that is. And I feel that as I drop into a state of connection and that state of connection is my guiding light, my beacon of wisdom, my beacon of truth that's guided me to where I am today. And it, it just feels fully resonant in the I amness that I can be all things. And the more physical, you know, reflection or evidence of that to me is, you know, an, an example is, you know, what I'm drinking right here. It's a beverage called not coffee. Now we've won a lot of awards for one of my companies. I'm not a herbalist. I'm not a, a like food scientist. I'm not a formulator. I don't have a background in any of that, but I was guided through many, you know, different tuning in and fine tuning process to create a formula that's helping a ton of people around the world. Now I'm not just an entrepreneur. I'm not just a, you know, CEO, I'm not just a facilitator. I'm apparently also an alchemist that can create these herbal and functional mushroom beverages. And, and so I am also, you know, um, a brother. I am also a son. I am also someone who likes to play. And so the, I am is if we just, you know, with distinction can remove these identifying factors that we give ourselves in order to create some level of certainty or identity. And we can move back to the I am. And in the I am, we know that we can be all things. Not, it doesn't have to all be at the same time if that's too overwhelming, but I am intrinsically all things that I am called to be. What I'm getting from that is the attachments that we have or our identifications that we have to pieces of, um, aspects of our self-identity can limit us from more coming through. And when we let go of those pieces of identification, we allow for ourselves to, to be open to, to expressing more. So now do you think Spot it on. is, <laughs> would you say then it is a practice of just letting go of all of these, these identifications? Yeah. And my more logical mind says, you know, if we just let go, we're in this like world of abyss and, and mystery and unknown all the time. And there's a part of me that likes to have a grounded perspective and, and something that I've been foraging in my mind is this 
how do you let go of all things and just exist while operating inside of structures of you know modern society where you are Brian and you have a beard and you have right okay so these are things like what if i don't care about my identity you know why why do i have a beard it's like well i don't actually think about having a beard i honestly just don't shave or forget to shave for a couple of days and realize that it's getting kind of straggly and then just trim it up because i would prefer to look a little bit more clean cut when i come on for an interview so i i feel like there's this fine line of like do i want to still be identified as someone who looks professional that comes across i do it but it's a choice it's a it's a conscious choice of how i intend to show up based on the fact that we have these incredible alchemic opportunities to be whatever it is that we want so it's this this process of like knowing that we are these alchemists that we can be i am jeremy with a backwards hat with a, a trimmed but full beard wearing this orange hoodie that's awesome. Today I'm, I am that. And also I just am. It's the holding of the sim, uh, simultaneously holding of the two perspectives. Exactly. Yeah. And then also in allowing that space of openness and just being in that, yeah, just openness. Um, I think there's more room to consciously choose what you want to be. 100%. You're not stuck on who you think you should be. You're not stuck on that. I always need to look like this. Like sometimes I could wear the hat for it. Sometimes I would just, my hair would just be how it is. Sometimes I would do my hair. Sometimes I'll shave my beard, whatever it is. It's, it's the conscious choice to be. And this is just speaking to, you know, physical attributes. So for people to, if they're watching this can actually see, but it's, it's letting go of that attachment to how, you know, it's like, Sometimes people ask me how old I am and it's like, I don't have that answer just like on auto lock. I'm like, uh, oh yeah, I'm, you know, X. And so tonight, uh, as an example, I actually, I have to think about it. I'm not like so ready to identify as this age at this, you know what I mean? So I think it's just not being attached to those identities, but also not getting so, you know, overwhelmed or lost in this trying to remove all identity to all mm. things. And I think that, you know, there can be some caution, some caution tape around that as well, depending on how you're able to hold both so that you can show up in society if that's what you choose to do um, and play this beautiful game that is life that is sacred and divine. Do you feel like you've ever gone too much off in that direction? I think that there was a time in my life where if you would have asked me that question, I would have just said, I am. And then that's all I would have said. Um, upon reflection, that just doesn't feel as um, relevant or as expressive of who I am as Jeremy uniquely expressed as I would prefer. Hence why we've spent the last couple of minutes going diver deeper into this. Right. Uh, so I think there was a time where I thought even there was like this aspect of ego that was like, if you just are, then you're everything. And then people can figure it out. And so I was learning how to hold this infinite potential of I am, and then ground that potential into being able to actually express and have more po points where 
the representative of Jeremy, which is me, which I have a unique expression on the world is still expressed through the I amness. It's also the focusing of that potential. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the light through the magnifying glass, like the magnifying glass that has the DNA and, and the cells and the makeup that is, that is uniquely Jeremy. I do have a unique voice and this is something you know to touch on is even though we're interconnected and, and all from one consciousness, I do believe as that light comes down and becomes refined through our unique expression, there is still a unique Jeremy essence. And also as we scale up that light spectrum, we are interconnected and infinitely potential um, to all things. Tell me about this unique expression of Jeremy. Oh man. Yeah. This unique expression of Jeremy loves to mountain bike. He loves to ski. He loves to be in nature. He loves cold water before it was cool. Um, in, in the water, usually like in the rivers, in the ocean, in the lakes, he likes to dance. He loves electronic music, but also loves all kinds of other music. But like, you know, he'll often be before like a big presentation or a, a big meeting, he'll have his AirPods in and like dancing around to some kind of like crazy bass music. Um, I, I use that as like my, my expression of weirdness. Like I'm fully sober. I've been fully sober, like not even a microdose, not even, you know, drops of THC or anything for over three years, but I'll still go to like festivals just because I purely love to dance and get weird. And so, um, Jeremy unique expression loves to dance, loves to move, loves to spend time with one another, loves to connect, loves to communicate. What else does he love? He just loves to create stuff. To be honest, he's a, he's an alchemist and, and, and a, an inventor in that way. What do you feel motivates what you create? There was a, a period of my life between 17 and 23. And for reference, I, I'm 28 now. So five years ago, and then, you know, the five or six years before there, where I went through, and when I say I went through, I'm very grateful for the challenges and the experiences and I've had it a lot better than a lot of people in the world. So I say it with humility and those periods of time were very real for me. So the amount of like suffering and what I would call like hell on earth was so in my face. And I didn't know that there, I didn't know I was in it and I didn't know that I could get out of it. I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't have that awareness when you're, when you're in that hell hole, you can say, you're not aware that there's <laughs> there's heaven or there's light just over here. And, and that over here is just these switches in how you're seeing the world and how you're living your life. And as I, I came out of that fire, you know, as I came out of that state, I took a look around my friend groups, um, the world that I was interacting with, whether this was online or even in person, at this time, you know, pre-COVID when there was a people were doing stuff <laughs> and that, now, now we're back and some of us maybe didn't stop, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> my point being, I was so inspired to, instead of just work 
working towards creating more identity and creating more status and creating more, you know, richness. And I use richness instead of wealth for myself because it was purely monetary wealth to me is holistic in nature, but richness. And I realized that that just was not the way to be living in my life. And I realized that there was so many quote unquote solutions waiting to be created by people in the world that I had not yet seen that I was inspired to like sell my house, liquidate any assets I had and dive head first in figuring out how to create solutions to the same problems that I faced like pre during and post that I truly believe could help other people around the world. Now were these, <clears throat> the types of solutions that helped you? The things that I'm currently creating? Yeah. hundred percent. There's not many that I'm checking. I wouldn't say, yeah, there's 90% yes, 10, 10%. Maybe they somehow correlate, but they're all intrinsically connected still. Yeah. I want to dive deeper into the story. You, um, you described the, the hell that you're living in. What, uh, if you're open to sharing, what, what did that look like? Yeah. I'm, I'm always mindful of, you know, sh sharing, but so quick background. I was raised in a very, very strict Christian home. Um, a lot of, you know, punishments and, and was also not allowed to go to school wasn't allowed to listen to traditional music or TV or, or movies or, or anything like this. And so, um, I, you could say very sheltered. They were, it was very like contained, very like specific, you know, most of the people that I hung out with weren't outside of a, a Christian, you, you know, smaller town Christian box. I'm not talking maybe Christianity as, as like a whole concept, like a, a, a smaller town, you know, Christian, Christian family. And I'm very super grateful, um, upon reflection for the way that I was brought up, but it didn't make sense to me while I was going through this process, of course, as, as a child and, and a young human. And so as soon as I was able to, you know, through my teens, I started to rebel super hardcore and by the time I was able to drive, well, I'll take it one step back at this level I was playing, playing very high level soccer. Um, like wasn't allowed to play other sports had different contracts signed that was supposed to be, you know, quote unquote, at this period of my life, that was my career. I had, I was going to eventually go to Europe and I was playing, you know, here. And that's what I really wanted to do. Again, hindsight, was I giving it my like all no, I, I wasn't taking it as serious as I thought I was taking it. But again, the clarity in hindsight, as we learn and move forward is truly amazing in our abilities as humans. And I ended up getting injured right before some huge tryouts and some, you know, really epic opportunities and getting super, I guess what most people would call sad, depressed, um, really not feeling well when, when you have everything at, when you're 16, 17 and, you're going full tilt for something. And then all of a sudden, you know, something comes and takes that out of you and you don't have the skills or the tools and the mindset, or sometimes even, you know, the support systems immediately around you to help you. you you're just very upset. You're very angry. And I paired that anger 
from my childhood, you know, a lot of blame on my family and then also this injury. And I fueled that in the gym. And so, you know, the, the injury was like a, a leg ankle injury. And so I was able to fuel my anger, my rage, my frustration, my depression into the gym. And so I started to get, I was already quite fit, but started to get really jacked. And through that series, I ended up getting onto steroids. And that was like the first like tipping point into, into this more like gray market world. And through that path, and I won't go into as many details unless you probe me, um, that led to many years of me working, uh, operating in the gray markets. And I'll, I'll leave it there and we can dive deeper in if we so choose, um, the gray markets for a decent amount of my age between like 17 and, and 21, 22. Um, it also led me into various different drug addictions, um, from the steroids to cocaine, to MDMA, um, even cannabis. I was highly addicted to all forms of stimulants, like caffeines, energy drinks, like, you know, anywhere from like a full thermos of coffee and one or two energy drinks every day. Um, plus pre-workouts before the gyms and the amount of angst, stress, tension. Uh, I developed something called sleep apnea, but a very unique type of sleep apnea that I was so, my body was so exhausted, but my brain was so awake that when I would fall asleep, like my body would shut down. I'd feel like I was getting choked or drowned and I would gasp about 30 to 40 times every single night. So I was not sleeping. I would wake up. I could not function without drugs, high amounts of caffeine. Like I would do cocaine at seven 30 in the mornings, uh, before, you know, going to my construction job at the time, my construction business, just like stay awake and focus. And it felt like what I do when I drink water nowadays, you know, and in and out of hospitals, walking pneumonia for over two years, body was wrecked. Immune system was gone. Um, and anxious stress body was short circuiting. Um, I didn't, I didn't know that there was a life of like calmness of peace of happiness, of, of connection to myself and to others. I had no fucking clue that that existed. I truly believe that everyone else thought the way that I did. I, I, like I was, I thought, you know, everyone else was so stressed. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I wasn't able to comprehend the life that I live now. Um, the person who I am now or the people that I get to meet now. And so as this clarity started to show itself through the modalities and the practices and the perspectives and the teachings and the medicines and the holistic approaches and all of these different pieces. I was like, man, if I don't commit the rest of my life to working on these solutions at different points, you know, at different points, then like, what, what am I doing here on this earth? And, and, and yeah, so there we can, there's maybe some points there you might want to know more about, but that's like, that was that period that created this motivation that people ask me, like, how do you hold so many things? Like what motivates you? I'm like, I have everything that I want to be like happy and to thrive and, and be abundant. Um, why, why was I working late last night 
why was I up super early to be on this podcast? Because I just want to continue to create and find that threshold of play that allows me to still live my life to its fullest potential, like with what I can create, but then also what I allow myself to experience in this lifetime. I was going to save this one for later, but there was a quote from you from the summit that I wanted to pull out and it goes something like, we all have the opportunity in this life to create a life that lights us the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like you've been on an incredible journey of doing so for yourself, my man. Um, as for the, (laughs) the picture you painted us, um, yeah, I, I don't feel called to to go deeper into the story. I think you've done a pretty good job of showing us what um, can I call it rock bottom looked like for you. For 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 me personally, yes, that that was. Yeah, um, I now want to hear more about the the turning point. How did the the solutions, the tools, start to present themselves? And yeah, just take us through the journey of coming out of it. Yeah. And I just want to highlight uh, your beautiful ability to answer, ask incredibly profound and succinct questions. And the fact that you did your, your homework enough to pull a quote from the summit. I, I love that. And I appreciate you. So thank you. Um, and an example of this, which will probably obviously be shared. And maybe one day when I'm like 50, someone's going to be playing back this clip or something funny, but like, I really love to like push that light us the fuck up or ignites us far. So like there was a moment last summer when I was in New York and New York for NFT NYC. <laughs> and I was, if anyone knows about these types of events, there's like the main event, but then there's all these like breakout events, right? So like at these big conferences, there's, there's the conference, but a lot of the parties, a lot of the networking is happening at these, you know, breakout or, or hacker houses. It's similar for a lot of conferences or festivals or things like this. There's like the after parties or the pre parties or whatever it may be. And so I was still going about my everyday work life, but I, I went to this house and we were doing some sampling and some talking. This girl saw my tattoos. She's like, Hey, I really love your tattoos. Like I'm a tattoo artist. Do you want like a small tattoo? Like I had brought my tattoo gun and I'm like, okay, I'm in some random house in Brooklyn. And there's this incredible artist, you know, with like dreadlocks and everything. And she's just like, yeah, like I'd love to like, give you a tattoo. I see that you love mushrooms. Like let's give you a mushroom tattoo. I'm like, fuck yeah. So I'm on a zoom call and I'm laying down on a couch and my ankle is like hanging off the back of the couch and I'm getting tattooed like this mushroom, which I have on my ankle tattooed oh. while I'm on the zoom call <laughs> and no one has any idea. They can just see, they can just like see my head. Right. And I'm like not making any sound. There's people in the room. Like, is that guy on a zoom call right now? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good. And so here I am getting a mushroom tattoo. In, and some may see this is completely irresponsible and like, that's okay. I'm not here to impress anybody. So for me, it, it's an example of just like lighting up what makes me uniquely me and, and ignites me. And, 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 and in, so, in a world where there is so much, you know, work and things that I get to do, how I like to add some flavor to it. Um, so I just wanted to share that story as an <laughs> a so example <laughs> of my unique expression, because you'll often find me, uh, yeah, like, you know, just do doing funny stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> the, the turning point. So yeah, when I was 
I mean, we'll, we'll go into it. So at this period of my life, gray market, steroids, um, a, little, a, a lot different person than you see in front of you or you hear through your ears right here in this moment. But I was still like a good human, you know, like I still had like this good heart, even though there was like many aspects of me that were, you know, really in deep development. <laughs> they, were, they were getting cooked in the fire, you could say, and uh, pressurized coal, whatever you, you want to say. But I ended up, um, I ended up having this experience with this girl when I was on mushrooms at a music festival. And at this point, I didn't believe in God. I was not a spiritual human in any way, shape, or form. There was no... When I died, I died. I didn't think about energy. I didn't think everything was interconnected. Like none of the stuff that I've set up until this point, I am some like tattooed meathead gray market dude that doesn't believe in any of this stuff. Okay. So I just paint this picture, drove a big truck, like all of the personas and identities, you know? Um, <laughs> and I ended up eating some mushrooms with this girl. I was at a festival um, in Washington state. And I was like, I've never really like loved someone deeply and I'm like hug hugging her or she's sitting in front of me. And I just say to her, I'm like, you feel like you're my person. And at this moment, again, we are high, high on mushrooms. So I'm not saying this happened fully sober. I felt like our souls completely merged into one. There was an interconnectedness between us and the entire world that I've never experienced still to this day. Um, again, disclaimer, I didn't believe this to be true at the time and it's still crazy to me, but um, we ended up telling communicating for a series of hours, like number of hours. I could know her thoughts. She could know my thoughts. I saw her whole lifetime. She saw my whole lifetime. Um, I could see through her third eye when I was not with her, which is called fourth eye vision. So like, I remember there's a moment where I'm like in the urinal and I'm like peeing, I'm like closing my eyes, you know, in an altered state. And I could like witness the energy of the stage, the color and the lights of the stage that she was looking at like 20, 30 feet outside of the urinal. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right. But it wasn't just an hallucinate, hallucinate. I wasn't just hallucinating. It was very clearly the energy that she was receiving into her third eye. And, and upon my you know, connection with different cultures, they do this. This is how they show each other things around the world. They call it fourth eye vision. And so you know, we talked about the third eye, but we're talking about the fourth eye, um, which is projecting what your third eye sees to someone else at a different place, right? These ancient technologies that I believe we're all going to have more and more access to as we open ourselves up and are open to this. And so without going into all the nitty nitty gritty details, um, this girl um, and, and her mom, like this, her mom had been, uh, a psychedelic facilitator and a shaman for a very long period of time. And, and her daughter who I was having this experience with was already super versed in all things holistic on the plant medicine side, on the mushroom side, the functional mushrooms, the ashwagandhas, the herbs, the tinctures, the Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, all of that was already like ingrained in, into her. And that was, I, this, this girl and I ended up getting engaged. We ended up getting married and that was my first like beacon of light. She got me onto Aubrey Marcus. Uh, if you're familiar with Aubrey Marcus and on it, 
she like looked, she's like, I got to find someone who's cool. That's into spiritual shit because Jeremy won't listen to anyone else. It's gotta be someone who's like actually fucking cool. Um, and so she's like, Hey, you should check out this Aubrey Marcus guy. You know, this is before his book or before any of this stuff. And uh, she got me on there. Um, really truly started to, to support my health from the inside out. And I'll fast forward and then I'll come back. But what that um, community was missing was the movement was the breath was the cold was the nature. They are they're a very plant-based community, plant-based, not <laughs> vegan, <laughs> plant medicine based. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with being vegan, but, <laughs> but um, plant medicine based and holistic, but they were, they were from my perspective with what I needed, they were missing a huge other opportunity over here that was just reliant on the ni- nature and elements and, and things like this, like movement and breath and cold and heat uh, and, and some of these other, you know, incredible teachers. And so I had a lot of the like nervous system re-regulating from the adaptogen and the functional mushroom side. So, um, instead of drinking my coffee every morning and my energy drinks every day, I started to drink chaga mushrooms, which is in this beautiful cup right here. Um, and I started to drink things like ashwagandha and cordyceps and rhodiola. These are all herbs and mushrooms that are good for natural energy that don't act like caffeine. They don't act like an energy drink, but over a period of time, they do significantly improve your body's natural operating systems. They take, sometimes weeks, they take sometimes months, but they do work. I'm like alive very likely because they work. And I started to replace a lot of those habits and a lot of those, you know, cravings and desires with a more holistic uh, way. And yeah, so that was my en- entry on, on that side of that. That was a, a period of about a year where I went into the plant medicine, both was psychedelic use. I'd already been doing psychedelics, but not in a ceremonial setting. Um, so deep ceremonial settings, a lot of different, beautiful and powerful experiences there. And then into the holistic side with the herbs and the mushrooms and the tinctures and the brews and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then it was after about a year where I was still really struggling. My body was doing a lot better. Um, but the mind was still an absolute, I don't know, man, just a beast of its own, um, learning how to ground my potential and my energy and and not having the right outlets or methods of channeling or moving that energy. The body was doing much better. And so, um, she basically sent me off to Asia because she's like, you, you need a break. You need to go to Asia. Like here's the plane ticket to Bali, uh, my, my financing, but, um, you know, we're booking you a flight to Bali and, when I went over to Asia and Thailand and then ultimately down through South America as well is where I learned how to breathe and how to move and like how to fast and how to connect and all of these other pieces. And I was like, Whoa, this is the more holistic picture that really the mind was the, the hardest thing for me, but before the mind would listen, my, my physical nervous system had to be re-regulated by not having so many stimulants and caffeines and pollutions and toxins in my body. So I needed to work for me. Some people say the mind's first, but I actually, the body holds a lot of the programming for me. Yes. The mind can override that, but 
that takes a certain level of quote unquote, like brain power or, or intention or focus, discipline, all these things. So for my journey, it, it wasn't through the mind and into the body. It was more from the body than into the mind. Um, because my, my body was in a state that allowed me to accept new programming, um, before just trying to override the body. Cause I was so depleted. I like, I couldn't keep override the body. The body was like, fuck you, dude. Like we need support. And, uh, yeah. So then I went, learned a lot of those tools. Uh, and that was a very pivotal, pivotal and revolutionary period uh, of my life. Yeah. To the point of mine being first and for you being the case of addressing the body's needs. Um, I like to think of it as not one preceding the other, but just an interconnectedness where they, mm. they feed in and support one another. And it sounds like for you, the the low hanging fruit was addressing the body first. And that's why your journey took the course that it did. Yep. Yeah. Beautifully put. Yeah. So I feel like even just hearing the story, I, I, felt in you the, the answer to this next question. Uh, but I just love to hear it from your own words. What did the shift feel like? There was a couple different, really distinguishing moments, but it felt like if you were holding your breath underwater, not maybe intentionally, like you were being forced underwater, not like, Hey, I'm doing some Wim Hof and I'm going in the cold or whatever. Like I'm going to hold it as long as I can. And then when I come out, I'm, it's going to, no, I mean like being drowned underwater as long as you can hold your breath. And then you come and it's like dark and like murky and there's like sharks and shit down there. And then all of a sudden you come out of the water and you're like, Oh, and you're just like gasping and you're like, Oh, and you just like look around and there's like palm trees and like a beach and like other humans. And you're just like, Whoa, just like in a state of awe um, and wonder and nourishment and aliveness and interconnectedness and presence. And so it felt like a breath of fresh air. It felt like a full rebirthing experience to me, right? People talk about the rebirthing. It's like, mm. I don't know how else to fucking say it, but I felt like I was dead and I feel like I'm very alive now. Um, mm. And again, this is without any specific religious con connotation, right? So this is just, again, my, my unique experience. And so just very like night and day, like water to land, hell to heaven. <laughs> Those are the best ways that I could perceive it. But there was, you know, one, one distinguishing factor or, or memory. I was actually with Lee Davy, funny enough. Um, I know Lee and he was an incredible, you know, inspirer and, and mentor when I, when I first met him, who really helped me with breath before. And then we went on to like do some breath you know, a lot of breath facilitation together and even courses together, but he was the first real strong pillar that was like, you got to get your fucking breath down, dude. <laughs> and, um, and we were in Costa Rica and we were, we were in Costa Rica and we we're walking along the beach after surfing. And it was just, this has been said before. I hadn't heard it before this period of time, but it was like, every single thing is happening for me, not to me every single thing that's happening in my life is happening for me, not to me. And for me, that made a shift in my mind that life is simple, but that doesn't make it easy. Hmm. So life is a series of simple decisions 
that are simple does not mean easy. <laughs> so simple can still take discipline, but the decision to breathe every morning before you start your day, your decision to, you know, end a relationship, your decision to transition careers that aren't fulfilling to you. It's a simple decision. Again, it doesn't make it fucking easy. I get it. Right. But this, it's, it is a simple decision to leave. And when we start to realize that everything in life is happening for us, I, I really, it hit me because I look back on my life and a lot of this um, negative stress, and I say negative stress is stress that is negatively impacting the body because there is stress that is really good for us to build our threshold to it. But it was coming from this resistance to like, I wasn't accepting. I was in resistance. I was, I was choosing suffering because I wasn't accepting what was happening. I was in a constant state of, you know, like a fish swimming upstream, like resistance to what actually was. Mm -hmm. I was making it really challenging instead of realizing that it could be simple. And instead of realizing that this situation was happening for me so that I can learn from it. Like any situation, an end of a relationship, uh, a, a client, a health issue, whatever it is, that this is an opportunity of reflection of growth that I now had to work through, to understand in a deeper way. Once I understood that, I started to look at life as a beautiful, divine, sacred game that I get to play, that I have chosen to play in this time and space that when things are coming up, I say, damn, that's a hard fucking challenge. How am I going to do this? What do I need right now? And maybe I need some space. Maybe I need to dive head into it. But it gave me a way of looking at life in a way that's not overly positive or not necessarily negative. It's not like, oh yeah, hey, another horrible, challenging challenge. It's still like, fuck, okay. How am I going to do this? All right, let's, okay, let's do this. Um, but it just gave me a lens to look at life in a way that felt so much more grounded and empowering and truly instead of victim consciousness brought me into a state of victor consciousness. I like to say from victim to victor, right? Because we can, that's a lens in how we see the world. And the principle of that is life is happening for me, not to me. Amazing. Man. I'm really glad that you've shared with us that, that quote, the mantra. And I, as you were sharing, I was allowing myself to just fully try it on and well, it feels good. It feels empowering, liberating. Your radical self-responsibility is like the precursor for that too, right? It's like, let's, let's say like even you with the podcast, right? Let's say um, someone doesn't show up, right? To the, to the podcast. And you can say, okay, like you could be frustrated. Not that I'm saying you would be frustrated. So I don't want to project this over you. Let's just hypothetically speaking, Bob <laughs> has the podcast <laughs> and, and the guy doesn't, for me, I'd be like, okay, like I was really excited to do this. I'm not going to have time for another while. This guy was going to you know, offer a lot of value, et cetera. Now, why is this happening? It could be happening because you needed more rest today. It could be happening because there was like, you know, a creative project that you're working on. And instead of, you know, doing the podcast, you really needed to spend this time with yourself to fuel that creative idea. It could also be that there was a break in your system. So, you know, there could be, if radical responsibility goes, okay, what can I do without responsibility is negate of blame, shame, blame, blame or shame primarily is an, or fault, you know? So it's like, okay, this person didn't show up how do I take radical responsibility? What's my customer user journey, right? So like, 
how could I make sure that this doesn't happen? Should I set another reminder? Do I, do I offer people to have a text reminder? All these different things. It's like, okay, no, I've done all those things. Okay, cool. So this is just, this is happening for me. I've checked my systems. My systems are tight. I'm just going to accept this process and allow it to be. And also probably send a message to this person and say, Hey, I was super stoked to have you. I also really, you know, respect my time. So next time I'd still love to have you in the show, but if you're not going to be able to make it, like, please let me know um, with respect to, to both of our times and the sacredness of time. And so it's just, that's just, you know, maybe not the, the best example, but how we can take any situation and begin to reframe how we see what's happening to us in our lives. I know that's another piece that you, you talk quite a bit about reframing. I, um, I like the reframes. I, the reframes for me are that, you know, simple perspective shift of the stories going back to identity, but the stories that we tell ourselves and our ability to just rewrite that story just with our words and then with our thoughts or with our thoughts and our words interconnected, of course, but how do we reframe these moments? And it's really not that, not that challenging to do. Um, I think one of the uh, first TikToks or reels, it was a reel that I posted in the reframe section. It, you know, it did decent and it was like, I hate my job. That was like the, the, the statement. And I was like, my reframe to that was what do I still have to learn at this job? Mm. Right. Because we'll get the next opportunity once we've completed what it is that we're at that job to learn. And if that, if it's to set a better boundary, great. You set a better boundary. If it's to, you know, finally clean up your desk or if it's to, you know, hit a goal that you wanted to do or whatever it may be. Um, if we start to reframe and say, okay, just even, I hate my job. What do I have to learn about? What do I still have to learn at this job? Or what do I still have to like gain from this job? Oh, actually I don't need this job anymore. You know, there's something else that I'd actually way rather do. And I just got an offer, but I was like, I was negating change. So instead of being stuck in the story of hating my job or hating my work, I can just simply reframe that and say, Oh, I have nothing else to learn here. Like I'm ready to move on. Oh, okay. So when do I want to move on? Well, I'm going to start looking for another job and I'm going to give myself the next three months or the next three weeks to find a new job. Okay, cool. Oh, finding a new job is really, really hard to do. Okay. That's another statement. <laughs> um, finding another job can be exciting and also challenging. Okay, cool. So now I'm framing this as exciting and still owning the fact that it can be challenging mm -hmm. potentially. Right. And so just reframing these, these opportunities, um, in our minds gives us a lot more context. And I think inspiration to, to go about our lives. Yeah. And I think it also opens us up to, to seeing opportunities a little bit more attentively. Um, it seems like the, uh, the reframe is the strategy for that, um, that quote that you shared earlier, everything in my life is happening for me, um, not to me. I think the real key here is making it a practice to catch when that thinking might not be serving us and using that as an opportunity. It really is to me, the, the ability to catch it when it's happened. And then of course, using this strategy as a way of, um, creating for ourselves a, a lens through which we are seeing more opportunities. Um, Okay, my man, I think I'm ready for it. I, uh, I have something I want to transition into. And I also want to acknowledge that when I was um, getting set for this thing, I kind of felt like we were going to start here. 
and I'm <laughs> glad that I trusted in the the flow and didn't try to deforce things because I wouldn't have had the opportunity. We wouldn't have had the opportunity to to hear all of that backstory that I think is going to make everything that comes after this even more powerful <laughs> to to hear from you. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. <laughs> I'm so happy we didn't start here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I you think know, it's powerful. It, Go ahead. It's, it, it is powerful. And it gives the foundation for what we're going to speak to in, in entrepreneurship. And it's really interesting. I was listening to a podcast with I forget, Aubrey Marcus and someone. And he's like, if I get asked the question one more time, why did I start on it? He's like, I just don't give a fuck anymore or something like this. He's like, I'm, I didn't just start on it. Like that's not what actually like, you know, fully lights me the fuck up. <laughs> and he's like, I want to talk about, you know, aspects of the journey or like the psychedelic use that he's done or like it, uh, the impact in humanity. And so I just really, I'm just very grateful for you uh, for taking the time to ask those questions and go through that. Um, one quick note, you said the catching you know, of it in that last piece, staying connected to our breath as often as possible helps me personally, um, stay in a state where I can catch those things. And when I falter, cause I do all the time, it's always when I'm not being present and I'm not staying connected to the rhythm of my breath. And if I am staying connected to the rhythm of my breath, I will catch a majority of those wow. patterns, all kinds of patterns, almost all of the time and people, homies, friends, sisters, brothers listening. I have companies that yes, sell products and I've done a lot of research as well. And the best thing that you can do that I believe is just stay connected to your breath, which doesn't cost you shit. It is so free. It is so abundant. And so, uh, before we talk about anything business related, the only thing that I'm going to sell you on is to educate yourself and find your own unique ways to stay connected to your breath because it costs you nothing. And if you do that, I think you'll radically transform your fucking lives. So just that is a precursor. Every so often there's a piece in the the conversation that I just feel like is the the highlight, the the monologue that <laughs> needs to be seen. And I think that might have been a, a nice we might have some more coming. Yeah. Um, no, I actually yeah, what do you, you want to Yeah, go on. I have to dive deeper into that because that that really landed for me. Um being connected to the breath and observing when when negative thought patterns or thoughts that don't serve us come up. Those are two things that of course I value. Um, but I don't know if I've ever drawn a, a connection between the two. I've never heard it being put being connected to your breath will support you in being more aware of thinking that isn't in an alignment. Um, so just to be really clear, what does that, that practice look like being connected to the breath? Is it just a awareness of your your breath throughout the day is it that simple <clears throat> i i think that we as humans the identity that is i um we like to think that things are like actually really like complicated myself included i think that sometimes i come at life i'm like oh it's so complicated it's really not it's really quite simple and a, a factor of this is you know any profound ascended master teacher whatever you want to say all of their teachings are really simple. They're really not that hard. 
Um, again, this comes back to simple, not easy. Is it easy to love your neighbor as you love yourself? Um, you know, is it easy to learn how to love yourself? No, not actually. It can be kind of challenging, um, but it's simple to be principles to like, you know, start to love yourself and, and love others around you. Um, for me, I, I'm just taking that simple approach. It is just coming back into a remembrance of breath. That's it. So it's like in this podcast, I just intentionally, when I'm not speaking, and even when I am, to just take a nice breath in through the nose. It keeps me staying super present. What I noticed, even while I was saying that, is I have one of the largest presentations of my life to date after this call. Okay. And so my practice, and there's like still some fine tunings on the presentation that need to be done and you know, these different pieces that need to be tied together and like presenting to a, a billionaire for a, you know, a new project that's huge. And my ability to stay present with just you on this conversation, because I have enough time, everything's going to be perfect. I know this it, it is. And if I'm not breathing, my mind will start to cut off its oxygen supply. I'm losing connection to my body. I'm getting into the head. I'm starting to think I'm, you know, getting into worry. What if all these pieces, but if I can just continue to breathe and circulate this energy through, I stay present and I stay connected. And it's not like I'm, I'm not doing breath work. I'm just doing conscious breathing. I'm not doing conscious connected breathing or anyone's protocol or someone who's branded an idea. Not that that's right, wrong, good or bad, but just to remember to breathe. That's it. And it's something that we're unconsciously doing all the time. Thank God. Same with our heart, but we don't have control over whether our heart beats or it doesn't beat. We can use other factors to maybe slow or speed that heart rate up, but we can't just directly, you know, physically control it physi physiologically, but we can with our breath. And so to just breathe and remember that you're breathing. And while you're going about your typing, just breathing. And while you're going about your conversations, breathing. So for me, it's just a remembrance of breath. And that remembrance inspires aligned or conscious or intentional action into what we're doing, which brings us into the present moment, which in the present moment, we are, I am, we know everything is, we know everything's happening for us. We are, we don't need to worry or fear. We know no matter if I crush this presentation and I lock this deal in, or I fall flat on my face, as long as I'm coming at it from present moment, that that is an opportunity for me to learn from both. doesn't matter which I'm unattached to either outcome. Both are going to be profound celebrations and lessons for me. As long as I remain present so that I can deliver my unique expression of I am. And my ability to do that is to stay connected to the breath, just through breath remembrance. Is being present the reason why you are so detached? Yeah. Well, the presence and also the mantra that life is happening for me, not to me, right? I'm, I'm a ever evolving human being that has so much to learn in the world of business that it would be ignorant for me to just think that this is going to, I can go into, you know, over positivity and be like, this is going to go great no matter what. And I hold that perspective very strong. I don't let go of that. And also because I'm an ever expanding 
human being in this world, it might not go as I perceive to be so positively well. And I could be faced with challenges and the state of realizing that that's also happening for me, that state of presence that allows me to hold the polarity or the duality of, you know, super positive or super perceived negative. Both of those are perceptions that I, as Jeremy put on and project onto this or that um, from a very finite minuscule snapshot of time and space. Uh, and, and so the presence just allows me to hold the, the duality of the outcome while still focusing my divinity, my intention into that in which I prefer most. Mm. I think that last piece for you really tied it together for me. There's still, there's still an intended outcome. Oh yeah. Fuck yes. There's 100% an intended outcome. And also I don't know what that outcome, I have an idea and I can visualize it. I, I have a, you guys can obviously see a bunch of writing here and I was going through my process last night, preparing for this, this session, right. Um, for, for, for today, of course, but also for, for later. And it was like, it was like this workout It was like a five minute workout. And then it was like a breathwork meditation. And then there was body connection. And then there was like a hype dance bass music. We were dancing. And then there's a line that, that holds those breathwork body connection and hype dance together. And it's visualization. I guess it's more over here. Visualization that is the, the precursor for that. But then after that was a shadow meditation. So I was visualizing exactly how I wanted it to go, how I wanted to see it. I felt it, I experienced it, et cetera. But I ended with, okay, weapons. If this all goes to shit, what do, what do I as Jeremy still need to learn from this experience? Because one of the things, and I haven't shared this much and I, I'm interesting why I haven't, I guess it wasn't time until now is if I, I don't believe that time is chronological. I believe we're living in a lot more, um, fluid perspective of time and space. And so that means that there's already a version of me that's experienced this outcome on both sides. One that's failed, quote unquote failed. And one that succeeded again, these are connotations that I'm adding to this. So I can go into the future technically, but time isn't linear. So it's not actually the future, but it could be anyways. I'm not going to, we won't get into that right now, but, <laughs> and I can learn from both of those experiences. So I said, okay, if I completely shit the bed, if I completely failed here, what was it that I learned from that experience? And so I sit in a shadow meditation of being in this room of flunking, of failing, of misrepresenting of all these pieces. And then I go, now what, have I learned from that experience? What are the key takeaways, the hindsight of this quote unquote failure that I can learn? So then I take the, I had a great meditation over here in the corner of my couch in pure darkness and pure silence going into the shadow of the most preferred outcome. And I learned from what I perceive and we'll find out later today. Um, what I learned, what I perceived were the key moments where I really quote unquote failed and I just meditated on those moments, pulled that perception and that wisdom back into the present moment, went to my presentation, made some changes, sent some notes to my team, 
Okay. And then said, all right, tomorrow's going to be exactly what it needs to be. And we're here to fucking show up and do our best. So I spent a lot of time visual visualizing, you know, based on this 60% more time on the visualization. And yet I still finished with a meditation that said, okay, this is the outcome that I see. How can I sit with the opposite of that outcome? What do I have to learn from that? And how do I apply that to the present moment situation? So ultimately I think it's the greatest hack for having the greatest possible outcome, but it comes with facing the failure and the shadow. Um, and then also letting go of ex expectation that um, it needs to look how I as Jeremy think it should look when I, I can only, you know, make it be anyways, <laughs> little deep, little detour. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, the piece that stood out to me about that and just to summarize to make sure that I'm getting it correctly. Um, are you learning from the failure, so to speak, before it comes? Yes. I've never heard anyone do that before. <laughs> it's, it's worked really well. Really? Yeah. Well, if you can put yourself in a situation of failure before it happens, and quote unquote, extract as much of that value as you can from the future failure and bring that into the present moment. Now you should be able to speak to those issue points mm -hmm. much more effective, effectively. And what I did last night is there's a whole bunch of different energies in this presentation. There's going to be like eight or nine people. Every single one of those people has a different potential intended outcome, even though they could remain detached. And so what I sat with is what does each person here from what I perceive, right? Again, this is just my perception. What do they want? What are they looking to get out of this? You know, what does this individual want? What does that individual want? What does this individual want? What is that? What, what do I want? Right? So being able to hold that entire field of energy and understand as Jeremy, where I'm leading this, where I'm presenting this, where I'm sharing this. And this ties perfectly into entrepreneurship. So we're just going into like super like subtleties of like the foundation of entrepreneurship. So all of this just for people listening is fully converted into business success. Cause I've done the same practice before any business decision moment, raise launch, anything, all of it all the time. And and just be able to hold that space and realize what are these key things? Like it would be unfortunate, but also beautiful if I went into this presentation and for an example, I wasn't myself and I was catering to someone else's needs, or I didn't know the numbers correctly. I didn't know exactly how much it was going to cost us to start this project. And I didn't know how profitable it's supposed to be and what the derivatives of it would be really un unfortunate if I didn't know that, but I know that there's going to be an individual in this call. That's the decision maker. That's going to be very specific on some of these key points that I hadn't studied as well as I could have. Right. So when I'm in this meditation, I'm going, Oh man, like what could go wrong? Oh, someone could ask me this question. And I could not know it because it's not represented on the presentation. And that's going to, you know, lead to uncertainty in my ability to lead this project. 
Okay, cool. So like, I'm not going to make that mistake. Great. Put that note in my notebook, keep going in the meditation. And then after the meditations, then I'm like, Oh, great. Awesome. So I'm just going to, I got to do this. I got to make sure this has happened. This caused me to fail in that alternate timeline. Okay, cool. And, and then I just keep moving on. The way this is making sense to me is in your meditation, you're allowing yourself to receive from all your future selves. And you seem to more than I have, at least, um, have this ability or made this a practice to be more clear on which of your future selves you are receiving from. Yeah. And also the acceptance of my shadow aspect of my future self that I'm not pushing or neglecting, uh, neglecting in this box of like, I, I, I think that we're, if we're over compromised into positive, 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 positive outcome that we're setting ourselves up for a major course correction, a pendulum swing. It's not here or here. Like from, if we were to just boost off in a rocket ship and go up to space, a moment in time is a moment in time, uh, an, an energetic representation of a specific time in space, but like time doesn't even necessarily fully exist. So we, as our humans are deciding if a moment is good or not good, positive or negative, <laughs> you know, we, we have that decision to, to make that. And so I'm just more connected to the shadow aspect of my future self that also still makes mistakes and has a ton to fucking learn. And, and how can I learn from that version of myself to continually refine how I show up best? I think that is the, yeah, that is something that I hold true and has helped me a significant amount in, in my life. Do you think you, we could come to a point where whichever outcome comes, we're able to, to embrace both as, as openly? Yeah. I, yes. I, I would say I'm still like 60, 40, <laughs> you know, the 60% at least it, it might be 65, you know, 35, um, <laughs> but close to 60, 40 of like, I still really, you know, want this outcome and that other 40% I'm like, all right, cool. Course correction, change in plans. That's all good. Like everything is happening for us, not to us. Everything is happening for us, not to us. Um, it's just me getting out of the mental way and remembering that in my heart and in my body and in all of me. And so, yeah, I do fully believe that we'll get there. And I truly believe that as we get there, the amount of dis-ease and, and sickness and things like this, obviously there's sickness from other things, but will be significantly reduced because pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice, mm -hmm. right? Pain of, of a breakup, pain of death, pain of rejection. All of these things are totally real suffering. You can't get away from that pain. That pain will have to be processed in some way, shape or form therapy, breath work, counseling, movement, cold silence, whatever the fuck it is for you. Right. Um, suffering is the holding on to something that is your choice to continue to stay 
and suffering. And so I believe that pain is natural and we should feel suffering is something that we don't necessarily need to feel. And that is up to an individual's choice. And so I just choose to process the pain and not hold or um, create suffering as much as possible, which I think significantly improves our immune functions and the way in which our body operates. I'm seeing a connection that you're drawing between judgment and resistance, um, suffering and disease. Yeah. There's the question I, uh, I thought we were going to start on. Um, and I'm also glad that you, you made it clear that everything that we just spoke about in the last 10, 10, 15 minutes is, I actually feel like is a perfect foundation to set for the conversation of entrepreneurship. Um, to give you a little bit of context, the, the reason why I even want to talk about this is that I know that there is a whole ton of people listening to the show and is part of our community that are in the space of I want to serve. I want to support humanity in the ascension process. I want to support the awakening of, of consciousness. And many of these people are at least intrigued by the idea of entrepreneurship. I think some of them have started. That's kind of where I'm seeing the demographic. There's, there's some that are in that, that early stages and then many that are yet to begin with, with something that they've felt is, you know, a expression of their purpose here. No <laughs> advice do you have for them? <laughs> yeah, it was, I had some really fun ideas to, to riff on as you were sharing that and they might not be, as popular or as motivating as some may expect, because I'm not someone that's going to just fire you up <laughs> because uh, I think it's cool. Um, I try to be as direct and specific and honest as possible. And I do believe that there's a ton of people in communities that I've witnessed who like the identity of you know, going into entrepreneurship because they have a perspective of how it looks based on how some people portray it online. Um, and that it, it gives this like to be sovereign and to be free. I need to work for myself or I need to, you know, be an entrepreneur. Or I need to be a business owner. And I don't actually fully wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, my first piece of advice to people who are on the path of entrepreneurship is uh, entrepreneurship in my definition is someone that is willing to invest their time, their money, their resources, and go all in, all in on whatever they're doing. If you're not that you're a business owner and you can just be, you can be um, honest with yourself about what you're doing. Cause there's a difference between being a business owner and being an entrepreneur, um, in, in my perspective. And again, these are, I, these are titles and, you know, potential identities, but speaking to that, you know, and so if you're already along the path before you go further, make sure it is exactly what you fucking want to be doing or in the direction that you are consciously choosing. Because if it's, be, if it's because you saw someone else do it, 
and you think that that would be cool or you think that you can make an impact because you saw someone else do it, it may be true to you, but it also may not be true to you. So really make sure that it's what you want to do. Again, there's no right or wrong because along your path of doing this, you're going to find out what works for you and what doesn't. So there, it's not like a right or a wrong. This is just very specific and direct for someone who's really wanting to hone or refine their journey currently right now in time and space, but make sure it's what you really want to do. There's a ton of coaches. There's a ton of businesses. There's a ton of things starting. I love that. I love innovation. I love business. I want more people to do it, but I'm telling you, it's really fucking hard. It's it like with quantum principles, with, understanding impact with balancing the body. Like it doesn't have to be hard, but the way that most of us make it can be rather challenging. And there's a lot of pieces and there's a lot of things. So if you're going to put all of that time and energy into it, make sure that you really want to be doing this before you go down and end up just working for someone else. Anyways, secondly, there's no shame in working for other people. There is so many incredible business owners and entrepreneurs that are focused on creating fair exchange and work cultures that are different than things have been. So maybe you're just in, in, you've been playing in the wrong house this whole time. And there's something else that really does inspire you. And, and so I think that's really important um, to note. And we are moving to, you know, more sovereign ways of working as independent contractors instead of employees. There's more ways to really still be sovereign and, you know, your own business owner, it just looks a little bit different than some are willing to, to see it. Um, for people who haven't started, who are wanting to start, similar advice. Make sure it's something that you are so passionate about and that you build the skill sets around that you're willing to not do it just for profit. That when you have limited resources, when you have, you know, moments of time where you're questioning why you're doing it, that your why, like why you're doing this is so fucking strong that nothing can blow you over. Start with that foundation, start with that concrete foundation, because if you don't, you're going to get pushed and blown and drowned out quickly. Right. And oh, at least how I see it. Again, there's no right or wrong. This is a very specific, for whatever reason, I'm feeling called a very specific message because I did both on both sides and I've just got like slapped around and I've done a lot of learning and I'm really grateful for all of that learning. If you choose to go and do that learning, you're going to have a really epic and transformational experience. If you're wanting to learn and I don't have the ability as much to learn from others, I have to, I'm very experiential in my human design to, <laughs> I got to figure it out for myself. <laughs> like I had to get burned by fire to realize that fire burns you, you know, like I'm one of those guys. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? It's hot. It looks so pretty. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't look that scary, you know? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, th those are, those are the, the biggest pieces is really just like, doing it because you want to and doing it because you're truly inspired to. I think that, you know, every single person, not every single person, I won't exaggerate. Most people that I know that have gone through this experience, they like want to open a retreat center or they want to open like uh, a community space or all. That's really great. I'm really stoked that there's more people wanting to create these spaces and there's a ton of people creating these spaces, right? That's epic. Not every single person is going to open that space a lot of people can open that space, but not every single person is. And so this comes back to 
ideas, business, all these sorts of things that they're not, you have your unique expression on that idea, but the actual inception of that idea is not necessarily overly unique. I believe that there's templates of information and things to be built that are coming through the collective that people are tuning into and then building, right? How you could build it. Yes. Is unique to you, but there's other people who have a similar different, but similar idea to you. And maybe you can collaborate with them. And instead of having a hundred percent, you have 25%, but you have a team of four that all gets to, you know, work on this together instead of, you know, being my idea needs to be. And sometimes there will be times where it is your idea. If you feel that call, but just, if you know that it's your idea and you want people to support your idea instead of collaborate with people, just know why so strongly that your foundation will not blow over. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, um, I know it's an important message that you're bringing through because I feel like a lot of these, these visions and ideas are, are being accepted and are, are coming through for many, um, that may not yet see other people playing in the, the same space or not yet be connected to others that have, have similar ideas. Um, so perhaps for some, I would say letting go of the sense that it needs to, to be them or them alone, um, will open them up. To, to seeing that there is room for collaboration and ultimately the vision that they're holding is, is being shared and can be worked on together in collaboration. And that's something that's been coming in strong for me, how the next, um, what we're stepping into has been or is going to be about so much more collaboration and less about needing to be the guy um, when people come together to with, with a common vision. Yeah. And that's okay. And everyone wants to, you know, be a coach or open a space or start of this or start of that. And that's great. Like I'm speaking to you as one of those people, like I, I, like I, I do get it. Um, and you know, just to touch on something, you know, quickly come back. It's like when I went on those travels and learned the different modalities and things like that, I was still married at the time. And when I came back, I thought I was coming back to my wife. And I was coming back a completely changed person. She picked me up from the airport crying, told me she didn't love me anymore and left me. Um, I found out later that she cheated on me with one of my friends while I was gone in the last part of my trip, uh, like a week before our one year anniversary after that profound, you know, healing experience and life is happening for us, not to us. And I remember I, I ended up like selling my house and, you know, liquidated some assets. And this is when I really started to go head first into building all these things. I, I felt like I could do anything once I overcame that, you know, abandonment, heartbreak, all these different things. And the first thing I wanted to do was open. This is wow. This brings it all full circle. Okay. This is a really fucking epic piece of this. Okay. I was like, so I sold my house. I had you know, multiple six figures sitting in my bank account, liquid at 23 years old, <laughs> 24, 23, just sitting there. Okay. And I just had these experiences. I just been with community and I was like, I am going to open, you know, this oasis, this conscious oasis space in the city 
and people are going to come and we're going to do breath work and we're going to do microdosing and like, it's going to be awesome. It was like the space, you know, we're going to have juice and adaptogens and like, it's gonna be awesome. It's like, it's like this retreat space, but in the city, it's this oasis. And I was like, okay, first we need to work on building a community, like really so that when we open a space that we don't have to like do a lot of marketing, like the community already exists. So that's when I started connecting community, the company, and we started doing all these events. Right. And I was looking at spaces, like there's pictures, maybe they're not anymore, but there's pictures of my socials where it's like, I was literally actively looking for spaces, like in spaces, looking for spaces, looking for leases. And I ended up building a bunch of other stuff. I started to look at it. I was told to move from outside of the city into the downtown city to anchor in light and to start to build the Oasis, which is what we're in right now. Cause I started to hold events from, from my townhouse in downtown Vancouver. And I was getting really close to making a purchase uh, or, or making a lease and COVID happened. And all of this uncertainty around people coming into spaces and what was going to happen. I'm in Canada. I'm like, man, am I going to still live in Canada? Like, am I going to be peacing out of Canada? Like what's going on? Can I get out of Canada? How do I get out of Canada? (laughs) And, um, yeah. And so that was years ago. Okay. Let's fast forward. And, and and then in that period of time, I ended up starting a bunch of other projects and things that I could do, you know, no matter what, and learn different business and realize that tons of people had this idea and that I really wanted to just focus on building community and creating epic products like the not coffees and the things that really, you know, transform my life and all these things that people could take every day, wasn't limited to a geographical location, like all this kind of stuff, right? And I was like, I could grow this amongst the country we're, we're looking at Australia. Now we're looking at Europe now with our products, things like this. And long story short, Jason and I are working on a project. It's, you know, the future of what spas will look like. Uh, I don't know if you've heard any of that stuff. Right. And long story short, I ended up, the, bed? It, the bed's going to be there. Yeah. The quantum wellness spas, uh, we're launching a, a franchise of, quantum wellness spas that include the bed as well as a bunch of other cool pieces of technology and um, that uh, we're working on it, bro. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're starting in, in LA. That's the presentation I have in, in just a little bit here. And so I'd always wanted to build this revolutionary healing space. Okay. It's been like, it's been on my mind since my moments of awakening. I, it's just been so present for me. And it was going to be called the conscious oasis. When I started my adaptogen company, what did I call it? Oasis adaptogens. It was to keep that thread of an oasis is the source of thriving life in the middle of challenging conditions. Mm. That's fucking life. Everybody. (laughs) It's like, it's not easy out there, but it is. And it can be. And when we, when we remember that we are the oasis, we are the source of thriving life it can give us the rejuvenation, the replenishment, the strength to walk through the desert to the next town or to the next oasis. We can go through the sandstorms. We can go through the heat. We can do all of that. As long as we remember at any given point, we can create that oasis where we are. We can go into the subtleties of how our logo is built like that and all these kinds of pieces. But I know I'm going a little bit long-winded here. Years later, I still wanted to, I've you know worked with other groups that are doing cool stuff. I'm walking through this building where we are going to likely be building this spa. And 
It has access to the largest rooftop in North America that they call the Oasis in downtown. Um, the business plan literally says the Oasis in downtown. Um, it has a cafe that is ready to be built, waiting for the right partner. It has a spa that's been 80% built out. That's the perfect size for what we want to do. And it has access and the capabilities to host some of the largest wellness events on a rooftop in an actual oasis with trees and flowers and pools and saunas and steam rooms and all of the fun things. And this is five years after I sold my house to go build this thing um, in Vancouver. And now this is in LA and all these pieces. And it's literally the same words that I didn't create. This was created by someone else. And so th I think that really ties together a lot of these different, these different pieces of the letting go, the accepting, um, and also just realizing that there there's, there's so many people that are working on these things that we haven't seen. I have an opportunity to work with a very small percent of really genius inventors and engineers and things, people that are creating technology that are going to blow people's minds for the next number of years. And some of them, we, when we talk to them, they're like no one else has figured this out, you know, cause they're in their unique box of genius, which is creating all these cool technologies. And I'm like, yeah, like I know there's like one or two things that make your thing proprietary, but there is actually someone that I spoke to like two hours ago that's done something like almost the exact same. Um, and it's incredible. So people are receiving these downloads and this information from a similar place. We don't own thoughts. Um, it's just how those thoughts and inspiration are uniquely created and alchemized through mm -hmm. that individual's expression. But there are other people that have similar things. So really refine what makes yours unique. And in that uniqueness, make sure that it's the foundation of that is value and impact. Um, because that's what's going to ultimately get you through the challenging times and build the community that you want in your business as well. Mm -hmm. There's one little piece I want to cap here. Um, I'm asking this because I feel some are holding themselves back and thinking that they have nothing new mm. or special to to bring to the table that's already being done there's already people doing this that are doing it better than i can um why why me why should i yeah uh, if you can remove the i like there's that's a great question there's two sides to this coin there's the i don't have anything to offer and i'm the only one that has this idea <laughs> where do you meet in the middle and and there's not right or wrong to that either, but you, whoever's listening to this right now, you have a unique expression that only you could ever create in this moment of time in existence ever. You have a unique expression. You could create a more unique customized iPhone. Okay. You could do it. You could create a better, maybe a better version of our not coffee. Uh, you could maybe even create a different, is that what you uniquely want to do? Because if you're forcing or thinking that you need to, 
you're likely going to create something that is subpar because your ability to connect to the divine intelligence that will shine so clearly through you. We're talking about light and then the magnifying glass. The only way that it will shine so clearly through you is that if it all checks out and it's like, yep, you got it. This is the thing that you're supposed to go all in. And that might change over time. Like it might not stay the same. It's it's, but you'll know and follow that. And if that is being a transformational life coach or opening a cafe, do it. Just know that you are uniquely like inspired to do it, have that level and believe that you are capable of doing it. Cause you are, we are, we are all super capable. If someone says that they're not capable nowadays, it's like, man, I just like fucking Google it. Um, watch a YouTube video on it listen to a podcast on it, use the tools that are available um, to you to, 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 to educate yourself, get out of your way and do it for real. Um, that's like very direct. I, I have different, you know, personas and tones, but it's very real, but everyone does have a unique expression that they're here to offer. It just might look different than what you think it is based on what you think you're trying to look like based on maybe what you're uh, seeing on the internet or uh, in the world. And so just make sure it's unique. Mm-hmm. and inspired yeah i see that inspired piece that's how it really lands for me it's um you let me know if i miss here but for me it's landing as if you live in alignment with your passion your inspiration with what lights you the fuck up that in itself will be your unique expression yeah man and i'm going to use you as an example and i don't know this because you could you could agree or disagree I've been on many podcasts, many interviews, you know, interviewed by the Forbes teams and these teams and whatever you ask the best questions that have ever been asked. So like I would intuit that you actually really like podcasting and having great conversations with people. I believe that even though there is tons of podcasts out in the world, um, tons, there's tons, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands. Maybe you're like, no, like, I want to, I want to create this podcast and I'm going to do it. And again, I don't know, maybe you're like, man, I actually really fucking hate podcasting and I might be completely missing the mark here, (laughs) but my intuition tells me differently. And my intuition tells me that because I witness your inspiration, your attention to detail, your intention of your listening, your reflecting your questions, the value that you're extracting in a beautiful way from me to your audience in profound ways is like, wow, you're still doing it in your unique Brian expression, even though there's thousands of podcasts. And I believe that again, whether it serves one person or a hundred thousand people or a million people, your intention is just to share message with just even one person. And, and, and that's just an example in live time with something that is super saturated um, and how someone can break through in their unique way and add intrinsic value to it. I hate podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) I, of course, am joking because um, I get to have epic conversations like this one and get to learn from people like yourself. And I've always kind of felt like I've I've hacked the system. Um, I get to both do something I enjoy, um, learn in the experience, and simultaneously create something that ends up 
being impactful for others and all whilst again doing it doing doing something i love and enjoy so um yes your your reflection was very much on point and appreciated why why are you doing it even though there's a hundred thousand podcasts out there in the world Yeah. I guess there's a new piece to, to introduce here. Um, it's twofold. Um, equally is important. And at different times in my life, one feels like the, I lean into one side of this, uh, more than others. And that feels right. Um, one, it, it feels inspiring. I, I love to do it. I, I actually do enjoy these conversations. Um, the growth that I get from it. Um, I just feel intrinsically this joy and fulfillment. Um, and it's serving that purpose. I guess those are two separate things. It's serving a purpose of, of growth, which is also important to me. The one thing I don't think we, we all at all said today, um, but it's my truth. It's like I'm meant to. Like I literally feel like I'm meant to, um, there's, if I'm not doing it, it feels like I'm, I'm just not listening. So I have to, and that's have that to. piece because I, I, I witnessed this in live time. I'm like the questions, your intentionality, your reflections, the way that you do it is perfect. <laughs> it's great. You know? And so it's like, the reason why I believe that you'll succeed, which you'll continue to do, no matter if there's the voice in your mind or other people's minds, it's like, I'm not good enough. Or, you know, there's a lot of podcasts or why are people going to listen to it? Or whatever that voice is saying is like, I'm fucking meant to do this. Mm-hmm. Like I know this and I feel that as someone who's on the podcast. And so there's a tangible notice where the moments where it's like, we're like, yes, like I, I, I feel, or I know that I'm meant to do this. And then you start. And sometimes you have to start to understand what it is that you're, you're meant to do. That's also okay, but you'll be guided. You'll know if you listen, if you listen, you'll know, you'll hear, you, you'll be nudged. So, someone will say something on the street and you'll be like, whoa, that just spoke to me. You'll hear a moment in a podcast and you're like, whoa, that's it. I got to go start a cafe and sell adaptogens. Like, you know, whoa, I got to start my own podcast. And then you're going to launch it and no one's going to listen to it maybe. And that's okay. And you're going to be like, huh, okay. How do I refine my questions, my reflections, my presence? How do I share it with people? And you'll go along that process. So thank you for sharing, brother. Um, I witnessed the you're meant to in my experience with you. Um, and again, just to hone in on this, even though there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts and pieces of content, your unique expression of how you show up, the people you interview, the questions you ask is unique to you. Podcasting is not unique to you. Your expression of podcasting is unique to you. And we all do have that expression. And 
you know, you might not be Joe Rogan, but you might impact more people or you might impact less. And it still doesn't matter because you're going to impact who you're supposed to, as long as you're following what you're meant to do. And that's the same for everyone else. And that's okay too. I receive. I think you're going to impact more people than Joe Rogan. (laughs) 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 We got, we got years on those guys. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Oh man, I got, um, a couple quick fire, uh, last few questions for you. Um, thank you again for sharing that. Um, you're going to probably hear about it later. What that meant to me. Um, Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take you through what we're still calling the ascending round. We haven't done it for a while. We're going to do it again. Who knows if it's going to be that in the future, but today it's the ascending round. A couple quick fire questions for you. All right. Um, yeah. Ready for them? I'm ready. Yeah. What one book have you read that comes closest to being what you would call a must read? The Surrender Experiment, Experiment by Michael Slinger. Yeah. Slinger. Yeah. yeah, The Surrender Experiment. Nice. Um, what one you perspective perspective practice, what one you practice perspective or lesson that in integrating in the last six months has had the greatest impact on your life. My ability to slow down and more intimately connect with those around me. Work in what progress. Integrating. <laughs> yeah. So it's a process. Yeah. yeah. What does it mean to ascend? To expand in all directions into the highest, best, and most potent version. Oh, and unique version of yourself. How do we ascend? By being ourselves. Ooh. I got one more for you, but before I ask it, um, my man, share with us where we can find out more about you and what you got going on. If there's any invitations that you want to present, please do. Yeah. Uh, right now, the best hub for me is Instagram. Um, that's like where, where, because there's so many moving parts, that's like the central piece. And then I'm going to start shooting things off. So Jeremy at Jeremy J Hoffman uh, on Instagram, you can find me on any social under that name. And I encourage you to go through some of the links. There's not for profits. There's cool technology. Um, my, you know, my highest passion is obviously helping people with the adaptogens and functional mushrooms because it was so powerful in my life. We have some really awesome formulations. So check that out if that's for you. And, you know, engage, share. We're really on a mission again, to help the world remember harmony. And that goes throughout everything that we're doing, you know, not just Oasis, but really for me as a human being. So uh, yeah, if you feel called to share, I'd love to interact with you guys. And I was putting out a lot of content and then I like slowed down again. Um, There's just influxes of, you know, projects and things like that, but I'd love to connect with anyone listening and, and yeah, enjoy, enjoy learning from you guys as well. Nice. Ready for the last question of the day, my man? I am. Yeah. You had that experience where you were telepathically communicating with that, that woman? Yeah. Well, right now you just realize the ability to telepathically communicate to all of humanity. <laughs> what do you say? 
life is happening for you, not to you. Life can be simple, but that doesn't make it easy. Too profound. Two of the many profound messages that you shared with us today. And I want to say I thank you. Um, I appreciate you for all the amazing things that you're you're doing in the world um, for this absolutely epic conversation. The amazing words you said to me that kind of reignited a bit of a fire in me. So <laughs> thank you for well, being you, my man. And um, yeah, supporting this world and coming back into connection and harmony. Yeah, thank you, man, for your questions, your presence, your reflections, your mission, your passion, and your igniting of other humans through the work that you do. Senders, that is going to be it for my conversation with Jeremy Hoffman. I trust that it was able to support you in remembering harmony. And perhaps for those of you that are on the path of entrepreneurship, or have at all heard the calling to explore it, I hope that you're open to receive that transmission regarding embodying your own unique expression and the impact that this can have when you step into it. You have something unique to bring this collective. And whether or not you're feeling called to express this as an entrepreneur, know that it's in doing what lights you up and following the inspiration that you will express this uniqueness, create a life that lights you up and will have the greatest impact you can have. And if you're looking to create a life that lights you up alongside and with the support of fellow ascenders, well, Ask the members of the Academy and they'll tell you that this is exactly what we've been doing in the Ascend Academy. At the beginning of this year, we together set the intention to make 2023 the best year of our lives and three months in and I gotta say, we've been feeling in alignment with this and we'd love to have you there amplifying this energy, amplifying this intention collectively and if you're interested in exploring what this might be like, you can head on over to academy.togetherweascend.com to activate a free 30-day membership trial. Senders, that is going to be it for this episode of Awaken. Thank you for tuning in, for being here on this planet at this time during this moment in our collective's ascension. And until next time, keep ascending.